0: Alrighty, we're going to open our room officially. My name is Cookie and I want to say a hearty and blessed good morning to everybody. It's good to see everyone here. Welcome to New Wine, New Wine Skins on Clubhouse, where we seek to build relational bridges through Jesus by engaging relevant subjects. Our engagement reflects a Trinitarian theology, which we define among other things, as being a the relationship of self-giving other-focused love of God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit one to the other from before the beginning and to us in Jesus Christ. For those of us who have a trinitarian theology as a core value, that trinitarian love we talk about should be pouring out of us into and th- into and through us to the other we continuously welcome christ's invitation to act as we move into today's dialogue first we're going to go back a couple of weeks to when jim sakura told us his true story of trying to make a bat into a pet this morning jim's going to take us deeper as we engage redeeming the bat out of hell in me and in you but first Cliff, would you get us opened in prayer?
1: Yes, thank you. Thank you, Cookie. Good morning, everyone. Um, As we pray and ask God's blessings upon our time here, Father God, we come before you again. We thank you once again for giving us another beautiful day. Uh, This is the day that you've made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you for Clubhouse, and we thank you for New Wine, New Wine Skins, and Father God, we thank you that um, we practice Trinitarian theology as a core value. And Father God, we just pray that it—it's it, not just something that we speak, but we pray that we be practitioners of Trinitarian theology in our daily lives. That we will uh, just practice the love of Jesus Christ and. Um, and just share that love around. We ask that you'll bless our time here today, guide the conversation and everything that we will say and do, that you will be glorified in and through it. And we just ask that you'll sanctify this time and this space, um, that it be hallowed for you, oh God. And we just offer this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And I yield to Kayla.
2: Amen. Um, I'm going to go through some of our guidelines uh, quite quickly, just because I feel like most of us here uh, know them already. But uh, as we as we listen and engage with one another, we want to do so with a posture of humility. Um, If you would like to speak, raise the little hand at the bottom so you can be recognized and brought up on stage. Um, please make sure your bio contains some kind of information, just enough for us to know you're not a troll or a bot. You can also follow us as well to engage uh, with each one of us a little bit more. Um, you can also follow the New Wine, New Wineskins page. Uh, when you speak, be respectful, courteous, and succinct. Our golden rule is as Jesus's love one another. So wait to speak until called upon and try to refrain from interrupting. Um, you can also see that the new chat feature, it, it takes you out to the hallway. It's kind of pulls you away from the discussion. So just be aware that we may or may not be checking that as much. We will try to still check that, but um, we won't be checking that as much. And um, if anyone is, outside the us just note clubhouse is not a secure platform uh so be mindful of that and this uh this morning's discussion is also going to be recorded so also please be aware of that and then i'm going to yield to matt for a little bit on new wineskins
3: thank you kayla thank you uh cliff for that for the prayer this morning and just thank you all for being here uh New Wine, New Wine skins on Clubhouse, and that's what Kayla was talking about to to discuss a little bit about who New Wine is, and so we're here as a part of New Wine, New Wine skins, the culture uh, institute for cultural engagement, and New Wine, New Wine skins is about the engagement of culture through a Christ centered Trinitarian approach, which means that it's in Christ through the sacrifice uh, th- what uh, new wine talks about is it's Eucharistic so that's a church uh, theological term meaning that it's uh, a giving it. you break your body, you're willing to give of yourself in a sacrificial manner for the sake of the other uh, And this is what new wine is built on is built on the truth of who Jesus Christ is and seeks to then uh, step into culture and provide uh, education, and consultation and training in difficult areas such as uh, race and class, uh, sexuality and gender, uh, faith and science, and religious plural, plural pluralism. Um, sorry, a nice little tongue twister. And the goal of New Wine and the goal of our work uh, at New Wine uh, is to help equip uh, generations of jesus followers and in doing that we're also helping to equip uh, those who might be new to a faith or even investigating uh, the christian scriptures the christian faith uh, why because we believe that it's uh, jesus's call to his followers to be uh, the truth of love in today's society so as to then extinguish hate intolerance misunderstanding and maximize grace and truth Uh, for the human to flourish in today's culture. And what you will hear a lot of uh, through New Wine is this truth of building relational bridges uh, through Jesus in contemporary culture. Why? Because in his time when Jesus walked on earth, uh, this God who became human walked with us, walked with the human, Uh, His message was during his time, believe it or not, offensive and scandalous, just as much as the message of love is today. And so this is why we continue to uh, elevate and highlight the need for community, the need for the other, uh, so that together um, followers of Christ can be the transformation that this world uh, is needing. The hope that this world is crying out for both within the church and the surrounding culture uh, opportunities. New Wine seeks to be, to provide opportunities for unity through uh, the trying God's grace and, and truth, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the relational truth. And, and in doing this, New Wine's uh, we continue to highlight and promote uh, the truths of love, uh, civility, and the goodness for the whole of the group uh, because New Wine continues to seek to be an advocate to speak out against the injustices of the day and the history of new wine is such that uh for nearly 20 years uh, new wine's been in seeking to engage culture um uh, through events through conferences through seminars and through activities within the, within the local communities and this has happened through um events and seminars we can um uh, presentations on uh, again such uh, truths or such uh, 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 realities of life as uh, houselessness, um, gender and uh, identity, uh, poverty, and uh, the the as, as such a, that that this room has talked about uh, racism and the the tensions within um, today's culture with race and with gender. Um, And we continue to do that again uh, with our eyes uh, on Christ who came as love incarnate. And so you'll hear a lot of times uh, talk of that, seeking to follow Christ so as to make the love of Christ known in matters of cultural conflict so as to support them and to come alongside marginalized people uh, in today's today's world specifically specifically within the context that we work in uh, and commonly in the Northwest. Uh, New Wine, New Wineskins is a community of learners seeking greater understanding of our faith, the broader culture, and how then the two can meet to create vibrant and equitable communities. And all of this information that uh, I've just uh, expressed or discussed, um, one could go to the New Wines website, new-wineskins.org, uh, and find out more. And in fact, if you went up to the top of the the page here on Clubhouse, right there is the New Wine Skin's um, website to give you even further information as to who New Wine is. But the truth of New Wine is exactly what we're trying to seek here, is to find ways, to seek ways to know the person in front of us so as to see their needs and to see them uh, and to, to participate in life together. And it's done through a gaze um, first, uh, to the God who created us in his image is what we're told, such that there's no one who is created who is either a mistake or well, is unnecessary. And in that, that means that no matter who we come in contact with, they have worth and they have value because they are someone, irregardless of what this world says. And New Wine, New Wine Skins does this to seek to embrace the other because this is what Jesus did to us. He came and embraced us in the darkness of who we were. And we see that uh, the hope of the world is through Jesus Christ because he seeks to bridge uh, um, the gap between each one of us. Part of uh, this movement that God continues to call. um, And we call it faith. That's the faith of Jesus Christ that we are participating in. And so that's a little bit about new wine in that we're continually seeking to build the relational bridges and we do this in community and we're excited to do this together um, and to learn from one another. And so with that, that's a little bit of new wine. And I'd like to just, uh, um, pause and, uh, re you know, let, uh, uh, Gloria is, I believe, going to give some further reflections as to New Wine in our involvement uh, in culture or and some of the stuff that we do. So I yield to Gloria.
4: Thank you, Matt. And I appreciate how you shared about New Wine. And it begs to repeat that New Wine's goal is to help equip generations of Jesus followers and the need to, especially the need to extinguish hate Intolerance and misunderstanding, and to maximize grace and truth for human flourishing in our world today. Just wanted to share that our conversations here in Clubhouse are potent and they lead, and we lean into that goal. Mm-hmm. Within this hour time frame, we may not be able to dive as deep as we would want to. Although on occasion we are willing to dialogue outside of Clubhouse, as was the case last week. I am so grateful those that are in the room and also those voices that share each and every week their hearts. I am so delighted to pass this mic to Jim to open our discussion this morning. Jim.
5: Thank you, Gloria. Aloha, my cocoa, everybody. So um to kind of lay down a foundation i'll just i'll try to do this quickly i'll try to i I just had a lot of coffee so i'll try not to talk too fast so that you'll be able to understand and then we'll um, and then I have a few questions for us to consider so um cookie talked about my brother and i so just really quickly if you didn't um you weren't here a couple weeks ago but um when my brother and i were were very young we're in grade school um, we discovered a bat behind the shutters of our bedrooms and so we took we, we captured the bat we gassed the bat grabbed the bat put the bat in a hamster cage and we had him in our room, it was in the morning, my mom called us down for breakfast, we had our breakfast, we were excited, we came running upstairs, and when we looked in the, in the hamster cage, the bat was gone. We looked around the room, couldn't see the bat until we found him sitting or hanging upside down in the corner of our room. Um, when we walked over, um, the bat decided to attack us. And so, I mean, the little rascal just kind of flew all around the room and we were darting and screaming and, and all things like that. The plan was to get the bat, to train him as a pet. I don't know how you do it, but we figured we could train them to be a pet. We wanted to to, to domesticate the bat. The bat had other ideas and got out of the cage and kind of told us we didn't want to be domesticated. Um, the disciples thought they had Jesus figured out. They thought they, they had Jesus domesticated. He was dead if he was in the tomb and he was going to stay there. But as we know, um, when when Mary shows up, Um, Jesus is out of the tomb. Jesus busted out of the tomb and, um, and he's, he was out and about. And, um, and even when the disciples, even when Jesus showed up or even when Jesus showed up to the disciples, they didn't, they didn't believe it was Jesus. Luke tells us they thought it was a ghost. (laughs) It was like, this, it's a ghost. And so, um, and my point was, is that Jesus cannot be domesticated. Um, But we don't, but, but, this guy, his name is Thomas, right? And we, and I think the guy's got a bad rap. Thomas, we call him um, Downey Thomas, but he he questioned. I mean, and I think questioning is awesome. I mean, I think that's part of the thing that I love about New Wine and New wineskins is because um, there is no question. Um, well, there's no question that, that you shouldn't be addressed and taken respectfully. And so I feel like at least with, with um, New Wine, New Wineskins, I feel like when I can ask questions, and sometimes I think I, I should know this answer, but I feel like w- when we can ask those questions, um, it helps us grow. And so I think that's the, the one thing I, I appreciate about Clubhouse is that we can ask those questions. But, but, but Thomas, we call him Doubting Thomas, and it's kind of like this, you know, we, we've hung this up on, D- on Doubting Thomas. But the thing about Doubting Thomas, and hopefully we can kind of change his reputation, is that he is the first to proclaim that Jesus cannot be captured or Jesus cannot be domesticated. He is the very first disciple that says, my Lord and my God. And and, and so finally, we kind of just see that, you know, that we we recognize that God, Jesus cannot be domesticated because Jesus is God. We talk about the Holy Spirit is God Um, and the Father is God. And, And even the term Father, we can't domesticate that. We can't put that in a box because when we talk about Father, we need to be reminded that the creator contains um, and possesses both masculine and feminine traits, um, which is evident when, when we see the scriptures that, that we're all created in, 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 in God's image. And so even in that, and so we use the term um, Trinitarian theology um, a lot in with um, New Eye and New Einstein. And I think it's a great um, description, but, and here's my but, um, for an indigenous person like myself i find it um it it, it it's difficult to, to listen to it <laughs> and this is why this is why is that um there is a time uh, in colonization um and the enlightenment it's about taking things apart it's about breaking things apart and the western culture I've seen has a way of coming in and taking things apart and leaving things apart, leaving things in pieces. And I think sometimes, even in our theology, we do that, churches do that, they'll, they'll take the Trinity apart and they'll be like focusing on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? They, they focus on the Holy Spirit. Um, they focus on, you know, I've heard groups saying, Jesus only or Father only. Um, and and but I think that what we need to remember about, the Trinitar- about Trinitarian theology is that, it's the relationship that we need to bring it back together we we need to kind of like because i think it is important that we need to do we do we need to recognize this the uh, the various persons and characters within god jesus is god the holy spirit is god you know the father is god but and and so that's the best way to describe it but we need to make sure we bring them back together because what's so so significant is the relation piece the relationship they have among one another Um, They live in harmony, uh, shalom, uh, the the spirit of aloha. And so um, what is so important to me um, about when we say Trinitarian theology is to make sure that we bring it back together. And I like what um, Pastor Cliff, when he prayed, because it's not only talking about the Trinity, it's about practicing. um, What is it? What Trinitarian theology? It's practicing the relationships. in, in, in medicine, when people take things apart, they bring it back together, right? Because that's what healing is about. And so we need to remember to bring all these things back together because um, the Trinity, is, that's the healing for all people. But um, when, when Pastor um, Cliff shared in his prayer just about practitioners and practicing the, that of the Trinity, um, the term that I think it was called is shared faith experiences. Is that the Trinity throughout all generations has this shared experience with humanity um, sharing their faith with humanity. And so kind of the key word I wanna kind of focus on is this idea of shared faith experiences. And that when we read through the scripture, even when um, even with Thomas, you know, Thomas, um, Thomas wasn't in the room with the rest of the disciples, but Thomas, Jesus could have visited Thomas all by himself. Jesus could have visited Thomas if he was at, maybe he was at Trader Joe's buying food for the rest of the disciples. We don't know where Thomas was, but Jesus could have said, hey, Thomas, here's my hands and here's my side. But but Jesus waits a week. We don't know why a week, but Jesus waits until he's until Thomas is with the rest of the disciples and he reveals himself. And I think that there is something about shared faith experiences that we find in the scriptures. Um, Saul, sure. Saul was blinded, but but Saul is brought into the home of Judas. I mean, we talk about Ananias having to go to see um, uh, uh, Saul, but I mean, Judas had to practice hospitality. Um, for three days. But but I think that Jesus brings all these three together for a shared faith experience. And that's the thing about with new wine new wineskins, you've heard is that it's building bridges, building bridges to our neighbors. And when we talk about neighbors, it's not the person that lives next door, the neighbors are the people that aren't like us. They don't look like us. They don't believe the same things we do. They don't listen to the same kind of music that we do. And and, and maybe you've heard that, but but our neighbors are people that aren't like us. And so, not only are we to have shared faith experiences with people within our faith community, but I believe that reconciliation comes by having shared experiences with people of other ethnicities and other situations. This past couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago, um, when I was invited to share to uh, to kind of lead our discussion time, I wasn't able to attend because I was with my friend um, Randy Woodley, who's Native American, you know? and so I spent the day at Randy's farm and and just you know talking story and sharing and developing and deepening those relationships um this past week my denomination the evangelical covenant church had its regional um annual meeting and so i got to spend i i drove up and returned with and hung out pretty much the whole time with my good friend and, and he's been mentioned here and he's, he's a good friend of many here of uh pastor david greenwich and um and and hearing his stories um and, and pastor cliff i was listening to last week's um uh um a broadcast, and you talked about you know gathering for this pastor's gathering, and I don't know if it's the same gathering, but one of the things I learned that Pastor David shared with me about this whole thing about gentrification is that you know we when we talk about it when we talk about racism, um at least at the conference that David was at, and maybe it was the same when you were at Pastor um, Cliff, but he talked about racism is not a matter of red or blue it, it It's one poly, or one one um one group, one political group does not own or you know doesn't get to carry the burden, but but it's 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 in our DNA as we talked about. In, in Oregon, it's in the DNA. It does, it's not political. And so even hearing stories from Pastor David about that in, you know enlightens me um, and teaches me more. So it's spending time with with brothers and sisters of other ethnicities, other races that helps to shape and, and inform me and to be, be able to build those bridges um what couple final stories and then i'll open up a, you know open up for questions or, or people's responses sister velma jones african-american woman was part of my church Is part of my church, um, of my church. Um, she'd been going for almost a year we were in membership class and she tells me pastor jim caskey um, if you come into church as you know um, this isn't my style of worship in fact um, <clears throat> it's very different than the type of worship i would like to be at in fact i went back to visit um you know, the, the, the African-American church is where I like to worship. But she says, the Holy Spirit brought me back here. And, and, and her reason was this. She says, I think there's some white folk in here that haven't known a person of color, haven't had a relationship with an African-American person. And, um, and I'm here to, 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 to show people and be friends with people that don't have African-American friends, to be able to let them see that white folk are, or uh, black folk are good people. And so, um, and I just really appreciated her for that. Um, and then again, we went on a journey to Mosaic. And Journey to Mosaic is listening to stories of other ethnicities and other groups that have experienced injustice. And after our return to um, Journey to Mosaic, Sister Velma goes, "Pastor, I'd love to share about my experience. I want to share about you know what what I had seen on this trip and this journey." And so, not, you know, and I just said, "Okay, you know, let, you know, allow the Holy Spirit to lead." And and so she got up and she shared. And Sister Velma says this, she says, um, as an African-American woman, I thought I had it bad. I thought I thought African-American people had it very, very bad. Um, but. But I learned how bad the Native Americans had it and they had it a whole lot worse than I had it. And, um, and I just really appreciated her voice um, and, and what 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 that says to me. Is that Native Americans have a voice in the African American community? When Sister Velma came to our church, um, the African Americans have a voice in the white community because of their relationship with Sister Velma. Um, those of us on the uh, New Wine New Wineskins have heard Trudy's story, and we've heard Trudy's story and the challenges of disabilities. And um, and and the thing is, is that. Um, uh, Judy's voice or Trudy's voice, but also the voices of those who have disabilities now have a voice, um, in our churches, in our communities, whether it be a native Hawaiian, African-American, but, um, and so, so building bridges, building bridges, uh, we can talk about building bridges, but I want to kind of pr- move towards ways of building bridges towards shared faith experiences. So how do, you know, so, so how do we build bridges? towards faith-shared experiences, not that we would only talk about those things, but how do we help people to engage and how do we share in those um, faith-shared experiences? And here, you know, and and maybe maybe some ways that we have found ways into various communities, um, uh, various ethnicities, various groups, maybe what are some of the things that that you have found to be very helpful? Um, Maybe there's some things that you found that, you know, wow, don't do this if you want to be part of this you know ethnic community or this community that talks on issues of disability Um, but what are some things that you found helpful in entering to be part of these other communities to building bridges of communities and the other question to to consider is what's preventing you from building bridges to other Ethnicities, other communities with uh, of disability and things like that. So, what are ways that you found helpful of building bridges into other ethnicities, other groups, other communities, and also what's preventing you from doing that? One of the things that, and I've shared this before, one of the things that I found very helpful to building, um, and I learned this um, initially through the um, indigenous indigenous um, community, was just you know the indigenous people are our um, our hosts, um, the Chinook people. Um, were the the ancestral people of where I live now, and so I've I've always kind of saw myself as wanting to be a good guest, right? And so I find that when if I if I act as a guest, um, humble with humility, but just coming in as a guest, um, I found that helps build those relational relational bridges. I also want to say too, you know, and I and I just I, I pointed out some other people. The other thing too, just about new wine, new wine skins. I mean, I know that like with Cookie and and um, and Robert. Their connection with a Native American community. I know that there is um, a Native American voice, you know, in in that um, in the white community. Um, with my relationship with Gloria, I, you know, now I know that there is a indigenous Native Hawaiian voice in um, in the community and the friendships that Gloria has, as well as the rest of the group. You know, there is an indigenous voice and an African voice. Because of Matt and what we do on Fridays, and so these the, these bridges that, that the new wine that we talk about are so significant. But what 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 are ways of building bridges towards shared faith experiences, and what what's preventing you from building these bridges um, to other groups? So I yield my mic to Cookie or Gloria.
0: That was really. That was really profound. I love um, I love how you set all that up and I love how you said, Jim, about the voices, you know, that you know that there is a native voice speaking into Robert and I. With Gloria, you know there's an indigenous voice speaking into her, an African-American voice into Matt through um, uncorked. I think that for me, um, I, you know, you spoke of entering in as a guest, you know, I think that in every situation um, where I, I, I have to be, I have to enter in as a guest. Sometimes I've had to, I've not, I've had the privilege, I would say of getting to enter in as a guest, especially in the African-American community, when I have been uh, enveloped because perhaps I was walking around by myself. Perhaps somebody knew me, um, and you know there was there was a humility in me. Um, but I have been invited in, and I have felt so privileged to be invited in. And what I learned from that being invited in, um, and then you know on the flip side, wanting to invite in. Um, I'd found when I was at on the reservation, you know the the uh, on the um, Rosebud reservation, how important it was for me, especially, to walk in as a learner. There was nothing that I could say as a white Christian that had not already been heard and had not already played out in some pretty detrimental ways. Um, My responsibility was to be able to be there and to learn, to be there and to hear um, with open arms. And it was so interesting before uh, before I got to the reservation but then come to find out so many others that had come for this um, immersion trip into the Lakota culture. So many people as they prayed over me was saying, you know, you are bringing Jesus to the reservation. And I heard that over and over and over again. It didn't set with me very well, but by the same token, that's how people were praying over me. That's what people were speaking into me. And I think we were in Idaho, you know, as we were driving to South Dakota. Um, and I think in Idaho, when the Lord said to me, "You are not bringing me to the reservation; I am bringing you. Your responsibility is to listen." And it was it was so interesting because that felt that felt. That felt right, I was an invited guest to this place. Um, and to me, it was an incredible privilege to be an invited guest into this place. Um, come to find out when I got there, there were teams, you know, there were people there from, from, um, from South Africa, from, from Canada, from all over, and everybody had received the same message i am bringing you and i think of my opportunities in my in my shared life experiences with gloria over these many years and being invited in to so many different places and feeling the privilege of having been invited and i think that that matters you know um I am a guest. I have a lot to learn about being a guest anywhere that I am, because as a white person, I don't think I was brought up with that, that, that big picture that I am an invited guest onto this land of the host people, um, that I am an invited guest in so many places that I go. And I have just been so incredibly blessed in my shared faith experiences in so many different communities. And so with that, I think that's all that I can share at this moment. And I'll yield the mic to to Gloria, to Cliff, to Kayla, to Matt, whoever. Thank you, Cookie, and thank you for sharing.
4: And Jim, that was profound. Uh, there's a couple of things that I wanted to share. Uh, first of all, um, many of us as African-American, Have um, Native American um, heritage in our lineage. And, uh, you know, I'm one of them. So um, I speak from that because I think sometimes we uh, lose sight of the fact of where we've come to um, in our society and where we've come from. And it's important to always look back and to pay attention to what is in our DNA. And so I appreciate um, the shares that have taken place in Cookie. I. Um, just um, am blessed to have you and Bob in my life and and the heart. And as I open up this morning, I'm so grateful for the voices that speak into me and the voices that are constantly speaking into the room and to many of us. So what I wanted to share was the fact that for me, when I was thinking about moving towards faith-shared experiences, I wanted to share an experience when I was here in San Francisco and managing the legislative branch of government, I had a young woman who uh, requested that I mentor her and so we set up an amazing relationship with her partnering with me because I wanted to be mentored as well as um, share the knowledge that I had and so um, in our relationship I got an opportunity to meet her parents who were Orthodox Jews and um, during our uh, time together I was invited to to Philadelphia for a a conference that I was um, participating in, and her parents said, if you're coming to Philadelphia, stay with me. And um, there was another person that lived um, in the farmland in upstate New York that also said, if you're going to be in this area, you need to spend some time with me. And then there was a third person um, that lived in the um, Adirondacks, that also invited me during that time, and someone else from Connecticut. Now, what I want to share is that they were all Jewish people. And so I had this opportunity over a four-week period to spend time living with people during the Rosh Hashanah um, period uh, of their faith, and to share in their um, lives and them to share with me, whether it was uh, the conservative Judaism or the Orthodox or way up in the Adirondacks. I had this amazing opportunity as an African American to be in four different homes, experiencing who they were as a people. And so for me, relationships are such an important part of who I am in the world, and um, the opportunity to build bridges through, uh, as an African American, I think we are open always at least from my family experience and those that I know in welcoming people into our lives and welcoming people into our homes and welcoming people into our stories. And to have this opportunity to be immersed in other people's homes and lives was such an amazing blessing to me and one that I truly believe allowed us to share our faith and experiences through being together, sleeping together, eating together. Um, That's what builds relationships, stepping out of what um, is our known place and is our known sphere, and having that courage and faith that Christ gives us to move into the other space. And with that, I yield the mic.
1: I uh, just like to jump in here I appreciate um, you Jim for sharing and and, and really challenging us um, uh, cookie for your thoughts and Gloria um, for yours I um, Matt how you just kind of set us up for new wine um, but I as I was thinking about the the question that you asked, um, Jim. And I think one thing that uh, for us to experience shared faith, our shared faith experiences, we we, we, we first of all realize that Jesus cannot be contained. Um, l- just let Jesus be Jesus in our lives. Um, and then we cannot be afraid of relationships and spending time with one another. Um, And then the third thing, we cannot be afraid of asking questions. I think sometimes when questions are asked, the questions can make us very uncomfortable, Um, especially if it starts to dig into, uh, as already been said, our DNA Um, and sometimes we just don't want certain things exposed, but questions are good. And that's one thing I like about new wine, new wineskins is that we do ask questions. We allow ourselves to, um, be made uncomfortable. Um, I, I think about when I was a pastor in Casper, Wyoming, um, I had um, Native Americans in my uh, congregation Um, in Wyoming, you know, there's the Arapaho and the Shoshone and um, two different groups. The Arapaho is a smaller of the tribe. They both are on the Wind River Reservation, Um, but the Arapaho is a smaller tribe, the Shoshone, the larger tribe, but they, at some point, at sometimes they did not get along uh, with each other, um, and as I was pastoring these people, um, not only did we allow uh, the, those in our congregation to spend time uh, with them as Native Americans, um, but as African Americans and as the the whites and uh, different ones in our congregation, as we began to spend time with one another, sharing meals, uh, taking trips, um, one thing that we found is that people are people, and a lot of the stereotypes that tend to divide us, uh, we'll look at a person because of their facial features, their skin tone, their pigmentation, the way they talk, Uh, we use all of these crazy things to separate us. But once you spend time with people and especially ask questions to hear their stories, um, I think that is something that uh, we can really begin to develop powerful relationships and be able to share our faith with one another and really see Christ's work uh, especially when we realize that he is not just contained just for us, but just let him be who he is. And I just wanted to share that. Um, and, and so um, ask questions. Ask questions, even the difficult, the challenging questions. Go ahead and ask those questions. And when we do it in love, when we do it in civility, we're going to come away with a lot better understanding about people and I yield.
4: So I'm not sure, Robert or Kayla, would you like to share at this time
2: before we turn it back to Jim? Yeah, I can share, Um, I I really appreciate uh just this discussion and you laying the foundation Jim um i think it is it just you know shouts the need for for community uh we are created in the image of a relational god and we are you know we are created for relationship we need each other and that starts with I think, you know, listening, which is what I've heard each one of you say, you know, just approaching people with uh, a posture of humility, uh, open heart, open mind, and just really uh, seeing the person in front of you and, and appreciating them for who they are. And in order to do that, in order to, the, to fully love them, you have to listen to them. Uh, and and hear their story, hear their perspective, hear hear who they are, you know. And so, um, and and I think that that when we allow that to play out, and when we allow ourselves to just take a step back and, uh, and listen, uh, that's when the beautiful relationship is formed, and we can really share uh, with one another, and that's how we grow. Uh, and and that's why we need each other as the body of Christ, right? We're we're only going to continue to grow in our faith uh, when we have other people around us who can, you know, push us and ask questions, and we can ask them questions and uh, discuss and and grow together and hear their perspective on what they might have experienced or how they experienced a scripture passage. Um, it's the need for the other is very prevalent and uh, that's what i've i've heard from each of you today and i've experienced that myself i think that when we step into each other's stories we are able to our our world, our perspectives are opened up, and I think that's a beautiful thing um, when we can learn to. Because our society is so go go go, you know that's that's the Western mentality of, you know the the next big thing. What's the next big thing? Uh, we just need to keep moving and. And that's easy to get caught up in. But I think it starts with us just taking a step back and saying, hey, we're in the world and we have to live in the world, but we are not of the world and we we need to slow down. We need to get back to the grace and the truth and the love of Jesus. Um, and that, that starts with listening, that starts with humility, that starts with understanding that I need the other. Um, just as my need for savior never stops, my need for relationality never stops as well. So thank you for for each uh, person, each of you uh, that have shared. I really appreciated that and with that, I yield the mic.
3: Thank you, Kayla. I just uh, wanted also to be for if anyone um, who is in the audience, if they want to come up on stage and have things to share, remember, you can always raise your hand to, um, but before someone else, uh, uh, until when someone else wants to share, i gladly um the mic but they shared experiences i think are so um necessary because unfortunately what while uh i totally appreciate this story and the narrative of thomas what i think we sometimes forget is unfortunately he's been labeled as doubting thomas but we don't know how the other disciples received the news when they first remember when we get introduced to thomas after the tomb uh he we just see his initial reaction when they tell him Jesus is alive. And he's like, what? Wait, I don't believe it. And unfortunately, I wish that was uh, not my account too. And I have to be um, honest. When I hear a lot of the stories of people's sufferings and I hear someone like Jim tell me of the discrimination or Gloria tell me, and I myself has, might not have experienced it or have not experienced it to that level because of the tone of my skin, the color of my skin. I've recognized that At first, I have to be honest with myself that sometimes when I hear these stories, I doubt because it just absolutely um, floors me at the level of inhumaneness that we as humans can have towards one another. And each time I hear a story from Gloria, from Melba, from Cliff, from Trudy, from Jim, of this inhumaneness, like in sitting down and talking with Cliff and Gloria, through my experience, their beauty and love for me and inviting me into their story has allowed me to realize that, wow, even though I might think that I've heard it all from the way in which we are inhumane to one another and we treat each other this way, I haven't. And the only way I can really understand the truth of our humanness is to continue to accept and to 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 step into the shared experiences when, win and this has to become from me too where I have to be willing to um be open to share and open to irregardless of what I think someone's experience is I have to be willing to uh share with them and to accept the invitation and in my experience um folks from the black community have always been very it the the worlds that we've run in especially with new wine there has always been an invitation. I think that's why sometimes I think it's abrupt is when uh, there's an invitation from one uh, people group and then the other group who is usually in the power is so aggressively rejecting that. That's where I think sometimes we have to step back and go, wow, even when there's an invitation, there still can be a rejection. And we have to be mindful of that. I have to be mindful of that, of how I do that and be mindful of how, am I being honest with myself? When someone shares with me their experiences, Am I actually open to embrace that? Or do I still have walls up in my my mind's eye and say, no, no, that just can't be. There's no way that could happen. And I feel like we point to Thomas and say, I wouldn't doubt if it's right in front of me, I'm not gonna doubt. But if we're honest with ours, at least I have to be honest with myself and say, no, no, it's easy for me to doubt. And I need people who love me so much that they over accept and they, they out love my own doubt. So as to continue to embrace me and to continue to share their experiences with me so that I can become whole. And so I just appreciate this willingness to to live out the share your shared experiences with me, who so often is a doubting Thomas. And I just ask for forgiveness for that because I wish I could be just as embracing and open as I have been embraced by so many in the other groups of of people that just have no reason to to love on me because people that look like me uh, have been so uh, domineering and so oppressive. And yet I'm not treated that way by people from the black community, the Native American community, the Hawaiian community, and I'm just thankful for that. And I think that's the necessity of a group like this is so that people, we can learn from one another what it really means to be loved and to be embraced and for that i'm just thankful for that for that and in in a group of people like this and with that i yield the mic
4: bob are you ready to share
6: yes thank you very much um i think these two questions about uh, what is helpful uh, in shared faith experience and what is um Kind of, kind of limiting, you know, our um, our sharing of faith experiences. Both questions are very good. Uh, very quickly, uh, I have two two experiences, uh, both early in my life. When I was in um, grade school, um, in grade school at that time, you would uh, you would have uh, field trips, and uh, when I was in the third grade and fourth grade, and it could have been even the second grade, um, annually we had a field trip to um, a boarding school in Salem, Oregon, uh, a flat-out bo- boarding school, but it was um, it was like a field trip, and so we went there and just uh, met with our same uh, counterpart. At the school, and got to know them, and so it was like year after year we would go, we would go, we would go, and just uh, enjoy uh, meeting them. And I had this, I had this uh, romanticized view of uh, Indians, and I always wanted to be an Indian. I loved the way they, you know, did things craftly and and were. Um, you know, strong and all, all of that, you know, adventurous people. And so I got to know a kid, you know, uh, from the school, from the boarding school. And I said to him, um, you know, you're really lucky to go to this school because it is so neat. And he goes, I'm not lucky. And I says, well, what do you mean you're not lucky? And he says, I don't get to go home. And I had no idea that that was even a piece of life where you would go to school and then not be able to go home. And it just, it cut my heart. Um, Later in life, uh, as as a teenager, uh, I was active in in sports in my town and it was just something I loved. Um, And I asked my dad uh, one time, why are there no people of color or black kids or families in our town? And so the short answer to that is he took me to someone who answered that, and there was a law. There was a law that was written into uh, the city that a person of color, especially African American, could not spend the night, um, and it was called a sundowner town, and that even farther, um, you know, hindered my. Opportunity to get to know um, people of another race. It was actually forbidden, and uh, that hung with me for years and years. So, so getting to know people, uh, having the opportunities to do that, and asking questions is just key in my life. And I yield the mic.
5: Is there anybody else, maybe from the floor, that would like to share?
7: Good morning, friends and family. Um, family I haven't met yet, friends I haven't met yet. That's. Those are the best kind of all those that I do know and love, you know, thank you for opening the mic to me this morning i i i, I I'm, um lots of things are stimulated here with me this morning, so I just want to just raise up Thomas for a moment and say, "I forgive him too, like the brother who was speaking earlier, you know you know because he was one of the twelve, and you you know they were all special in their own ways, so if Jesus had them with him. He had him with him with purpose and plan and 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 I'm I'm open to receive whatever that blessing is that comes through exploring him. And and exploring him as the other um is is you know, is I think that's the message I'm taking away. But the last thing I wanted to say real quickly is that we have a lot of lot we have lots to do. So getting to know each other as as people is, is a great place to start. Um, and you know, when we talk about our indigenous brothers and sisters, we have to recognize that we're the land we call our own uh, was land that was taken from them under duress, under the pointed gun, and all other kinds of hostility that was spoken to earlier. So, so, so when we do make ourselves available to communities like that, that we not only do that as a guest, but recognize that that we are a guest who had family members. That have rooted disputes with these same folk and and caused some generational harm, and that too we need to be humble for. And then we got to figure out what we're going to do with this land thing in the first place. You know, it's like it, it was <laughs> there was no such thing as land ownership before the westerns arrived, and the, and they, these folks were completely displaced from the land. If there was a claim to the land then that rightfully belongs to them. And then if that's true, then we all owe a great debt that needs to be reconciled, full stop.
5: Mahalo for that for that comment. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Gloria.
4: I was gonna say, say the same thing as you, Jim Mahalo. <laughs> I yield the mic to you, Jim.
5: Well, um, I love to say when I'm right. I was right. See, you guys, I was right. Um, But in a beautiful way. You know, um, I I just see doctor. So I'm just going to call you doctor. Um, You know, I appreciate your voice. You know, the Native Americans have a voice here. And I know the Native Americans have a voice wherever you go. Um, You know, the same with um, with Cookie. Robert, you know, the African-Americans have a voice in how their injustice, even as you growing up, um, have, a, have a voice in the white community. Um, Gloria, your story of Orthodox Jews. I mean, their voice is, is, is present here. Um, Cliff, brother Cliff. <laughs> I, you know, I just keep loving hearing more and more about you. And, you know, and just your connect, man, Wyoming, I am like thinking, a brother in Wyoming? Woo! Boy, talk about listening to God's call. Um, but, you know, your connection with um, the Native Americans um, and being a voice for them. You know, and I, Matt, we, um, you know, and I just appreciate Matt, uh, just his posture of learning and just, um, uh, you know, taking it in. And I need to say this. There have been a couple of times where um, Matt Matt, and my discussion have gotten a little heated, a little deeper than, you know, than usual. Um, and I would say our discussions have gotten to a place to where, you know most people would probably, well, you know, we'd probably lose eye contact with a lot of people, and you know, some people would walk away. but the thing I appreciate about Matt is just the relationship that we've built that we can have those harder discussions that we can ask those harder questions. Um, and I think that's that's part of the shared um, faith experience. What's important is that when um, you know, I mean, some discussions are, are are wonderful. Shared experiences are wonderful, but also shared experience, um, I think sometimes, um, deepen when um, things start getting hotter and heavier and more difficult, and so it's the importance of those relationships and having those shared experiences when um, things get really, really hard. Um, and it's comforting to know that there are brothers and sisters uh, that are still with you. And that's one of the things you know I, I appreciate about New Wineskins. This is the thing I appreciate about our clubhouse: is um, you know, Melba, you you've pulled the you've pulled the scab off a few times and and it's hurt, <laughs> but, but, um, but it's a reality. I mean, that, and you speak the truth and love. And so I, I, that's what I appreciate about this. These conversations is, is that we can share our faith share experiences, but also unless we share our pains, um, we can't enter in and start sharing together. So, I uh, just want to say mahalo, thank you for everybody and your willingness, um, to share your story and to stay, I mean, to stay at the table and not walk away. And so. Um, continue continue on the shared faith experiences and invite invite Uh, as a brother said you know know, Jesus Jesus was about inviting and building bridges and so we just want to continue to build those bridges and invite people um, in but we also want to walk over uh, and meet with them so those are my last thoughts turn it over to Gloria
4: Melba um welcome to the stage and we want to give you an opportunity to speak as well and i agree with what jim has said you have in fact pulled the scab off on many occasions and we look forward to your sharing today
3: melba
4: are you available If not, I will turn it back to Cookie um, as we are at the nine thirty time frame.
0: Thank you, Gloria. Um, it's been a profound conversation that has overwhelmed me, has brought tears to my eyes at at times. Um, I just really appreciate, Jim, how you um, led us this morning in this profound direction. And so um, We'll look forward to meeting again together next week for another um, edition, another episode, another profound opportunity of relationship building with um, each of us at New Wine, New Wine Skins on Clubhouse. Uh, And I will close us in prayer. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, As we began this conversation in prayer with Cliff, with Cliff praying into our need to be practitioners of a relational theology, um, a full relational theology, as Jim spoke into um, not dividing our relationship with you, but always making sure that we bring it back together, you as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in perfect relationship, one to the other. Oh God, as we leave this place, may we leave remembering every moment of what you specifically want each person to remember, and even to meditate on it. As we move into this day, as we move into this week, Lord, be free to act in us according to your good purposes. For the sake of your name, your kingdom come, and each other. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Amen.
6: Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Amazing,
4: amazing. Thank you, Jim, yeah, for setting the stage. God bless you. Amazing.
6: Yeah.
5: Where'd to go, Jim. Thank thank you for the invitation. Appreciate
4: it.
0: Loved it, Jim. Thank you so much.
5: You're
0: welcome. Okay, I'm going to close the room um, and